0: a day and i'll go to school tomorrow first impressions are incredibly important honey you can make a wonderful first impression Brenda, how could you he was a jerk okay
1: i've made my choice and i choose me
0: Beverly Hills, 2.0 aficionados. Welcome to Nato 2.0 so a Beverly Hills, Nato 2.0 podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me, as always, is my good friend, Tim. Tim, how are you?
1: Pretty good, JT. And we got a big one for the listeners. Uh, a big one that is absent from most streaming services. So, um, hopefully you have the DVDs or, or other means to uh, to watch this. Um preferably in its its original form because mm-hmm. that goes a long way
0: it's really a keystone episode i think of the series i mean it's one i, I feel like it always pops into memory when you think of the show uh, or the band that's featured i would say it's probably one of their more famous uh, acts as well probably so yeah being part of this um and it comes right at, at a good time like this the tail end of season two which is closer to like a season three vibe episode so it makes sense. We only got a couple left after this, anyway. So it really feels like more of a, you know, I always think of like mm. season three to five as like the modern peak, not the two and oh years. And I feel like this, yeah, yeah. this almost feels like the kickoff to that because I feel like our next two um, are similar, and and then we're rocking and rolling into season three. So yeah, I'd have to agree. All right. So uh, we always have a guest with us, of course, and tonight we do have a returning guest. I believe it's his, uh, I don't know, second or third time on probably with us. I always mean to look, but never do. So uh, maybe he can tell us. Mr. Cowboy Roger Morissette, how are you, sir?
2: Hey, doing great, JT. I believe it's the second time, and I appreciate being on. And just wanting to know I did it all for love.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. very good. Well...
2: Uh, We'll save the rest of the puns as we go, but uh, as as
0: you hinted at, uh, this is a very big episode, and since you've been on before, we don't need to get to your history of the show, we can go ahead and dive right in, and that is uh, season two, episode 26, it's episode 48 of the series, Things to Do on a Rainy Day, Uh, and it's
1: funny because the title doesn't jump out at you
0: as what this episode is, you know what I mean?
1: Doesn't sound like anything special.
0: No, you would expect something a little bit more tied into to the big part of it. But uh, that said, the rain does play a big role. Uh, this took place on April twenty third, nineteen ninety two. Got a nineteen point five rating, so uh, a, a small dip from Meet Mr. Pony last episode, but in line, <laughs> uh, you know, with some of the bigger ones of the season. So I'm sure there was a particular draw that was hyped up leading into this episode that that had some eyes tuning in. I would think.
1: Yes. Um, uh, and, and I guess we shouldn't bury the lead. I, this is what is otherwise known as the color me bad episode.
0: Yeah. Um, and I guess we can talk about it for a second. So w- was how, and I don't know, cowboy, you may remember this a little bit more than I do. Uh, how big was "Color me bad before this episode? Like, were they already, were, were they kind of like, cause I know not later is kind of infamous for like having bands that were coming up on, like, especially when they have the peach pit after dark and all that stuff later. Um, but coming into this episode, were they already like a big act or were they kind of burgeoning and ready to
2: blow up? I think that I think they were pretty big already. Just, I'm I'm going off memory, but I believe they were pretty big already. Their uh, their, their, their first song that came out was um, I Want to Sex You Up. Mm-hmm. It was in the new was on the New Jack City soundtrack, which I believe was, was before this show, mm-hmm. this episode came out. They were huge. I was a massive fan, you know, fanboyed out to this episode big time. And um Did you have a Color me bad tattoo because that usually is the trend with your fa- with your favorite bands. Nope, no no tattoo. Okay. But uh, um fun fact, I, I I saw Color Me Bad live with one of the two of you. Oh, uh, that's true. And it was not good.
1: You're saying let's not erase that memory, uh, <laughs> but that was there. It's entirely possible.
0: Uh, so, they actually formed in 1985, uh, but it looks like 91, yeah, is where they had the uh, New Jack City soundtrack uh, entry there. And that peaked at number two on the Billboard Top 100. So, yeah, it looked like 91 is when they really started to take off. And, you know, as we said, this aired in um, April of 92. So, yeah, they've probably been pretty big for about a year.
2: And watching the episode. The, the, they treat them as if they're huge, mm-hmm. right Like yeah, even when right. um, yeah. when Brian's getting the soda or the manager says we have people that'll do that for you. Mm-hmm. you can't get onto their floor, yada yada. So I, I, I think I think they, they they were very big already and this this just made
0: them bigger. Oh, no doubt. with That 19.2 rating. All right. Let's hop into the episode. We have a lot to cover. Uh, we have a music video right off the bat. It's a Call Me Bad music video for I Adore Mia Moore, uh, mm-hmm. which as a child, well, I guess I was a child with this guy. As a teenager, um, I thought it was about a girl named Mia Moore the song. I don't know if anyone else <laughs> felt the same, but uh, it took me a while to piece together what the actual words were. Um, Good
1: kid logic though. I, I yeah, well, it's it out,
0: right. I mean, Mia Moore, that's what it sounds like. So uh, It sounds like one of Brandon's girlfriends from season one. <laughs> sure. Uh, so we get the music video playing. The girls and David are at the Peach Pit. They say it's the best video ever. Donna is very horny for the band members. She she says, you know, she's she got the classic. I'm into, I was into this band before anyone else even knew who they were. That's right. She was in on the ground floor, original baddie. Uh, David asks if they're going to watch the concert on pay-per-view tonight, but Donna mm-hmm. says they should go to the whiskey and sit in the hallway to listen. And David says getting in is impossible. It's invite only. And Donna says the giving away passes on the radio. Brenda says it's a long shot, and Donna reminds her and, and the pay-per-view wasn't tonight. I think it's like over the weekend, or whatever. Misspoke on that. But Brenda says it's a long shot. Donna reminds her they have they once won skydiving lessons on the radio. That was a good callback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David is going to call the club and ask for comps. Brent and Kelly see no way that this is going to work. Uh, He says he's a DJ and all DJs have each other's back. Uh, We see it's pouring out. The girls are now at Donna's house. They're planning the strategy for the radio call-in. Kelly is is all out on this plan. just says, let's just watch the pay-per-view. Felice is heading to a hospital charity planning meeting and tells Donna to let her dad know that she'll be late if he calls. The girls start trying to call the radio. Felice is annoyed because they're basically ignoring her. And she overhears the plan. It says, "I don't want you girls hanging out on the Sunset Strip on a Saturday night. It is much too seedy." So Donna seems dejected. Another girl wins the passes, so they're out of luck. Uh, we go to Casa Walsh. Brandon and Steve are throwing an orange around like it's a baseball. Dylan is uh, looking at the paper. And I will say, guys, this this scene felt like maybe mm-hmm. the most relatable scene to, of 1991 <laughs> of anyone yeah. uh, right. that we've seen so far on this show. They're just completely. Um board, nothing to do, flipping through the newspaper, pre-internet days, pre easy finding things to do days.
1: Agreed. Yeah, well, Agreed. And think about your your social life or your your activities calendar actually being impacted because it's a rainy day, right? Other than that, like maybe it cancels a sporting event or something, but to be truly that hard up for something mm-hmm. to do just because it's raining, like, yeah, that's such a early 90s thing. And then yeah. I guess. Dylan is in charge of of, of party planning here because he's he's the one flipping through the the yellow pages and giving he's, he's him a hard time.
2: But you you get a huge a huge '90s moment too right off the bat here with the di- dialing dialing on the on the home mm-hmm. phone for tickets mm-hmm. on the radio. Like I, yeah. I I definitely did that. I don't know if either if either of you did, but I, I called the radio multiple times, and that's a very very '90s thing. Yep. Oh yeah, no doubt. And they uh, they
1: even got the little plan to tag team the the radio station, right? With with the multiple right, calls. multiple phones,
2: yeah. exactly. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and yeah, I mean, we get a back to back '90s uh, for sure between that and then the newspaper, <laughs> the newspaper mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Even not just being bored looking at the news, but just the f- idea of trying to find activities in the newspaper.
2: Yeah, they, uh, I, I I think we go chronologically here, but there's a um, you know, there's a there's a phone call to somebody where the, he gets the answering machine and says, Oh no, they've already left. Yeah, <laughs> and th- yep. that's, that's that. Right. Yep. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing you can do. About and that's that. You're right. <laughs> there's
1: nothing you can do at that point. You're, you're right. screwed. Uh,
0: all right. So they're flipping through the newspaper, trying to find something to do. Jim and Cindy come in. They're running out to a museum for a shaker furniture exhibit, followed by a shaker lunch and shaker music. And uh, Jim he's pumped. Uh, did, did either of you have any idea what the, all the shakerness was about in this because I was they lost me completely,
1: yeah. No idea, I, I, I kind of no. look it up, but I, I just didn't. So
0: I'm like, but, yeah, I don't know.
2: I guess what's that of down is,
1: yeah, maybe that's an early 90s reference that's just lost on even us, like a yeah, more like a boomer reference or something,
0: right? I didn't know if it was like an architecture type of thing or something, but it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Shaker style furniture. Hang on. All right. Looks like it came right up on Google. Um, sure. Shaker furniture is a distinctive style of furniture developed by the United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing, known as the Shakers, a religious sect right. that had guiding principles of simplicity, utility, and honesty. So minimalist design of furniture. So apparently apparently Jim and Cindy are into the shaker yeah. style here. Sounds well, like a real party. I,
1: I gather, like, maybe they're going furniture shopping is the point of it, but it's because it's sort of enmeshed in all of this. They have kind of just, like, make it – they have to make a day of it, you know, to So you think it's just, like, he's
0: joking that they're going to a shaker so, exhibit? Yeah, maybe it's meant, like, I, a score?
1: Yeah, I also think maybe they just want to be good sports and like maybe they they're trying to get a deal on this furniture, right. perhaps, so they have to semi-participate in whatever else is going on, um, with this uh, community. Yeah,
0: maybe it was a big thing at like that time or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a very random reference, so they could have went anywhere.
2: Like <laughs> it was such an odd, odd one. Truly, to go yeah. With. Agreed. It, very, it, very strange.
0: Okay. All right. So they're out the door. Uh, Jim seems real pumped about it. Steve asks what the babes are doing and says they should do something that they can't do when the girls are around. He says, maybe we should go on a road trip. And Dylan says, how about Vegas? Brandon says, nope, not go to Vegas in the rain. Dylan then sees an ad for massage service and Steve's interest gets peaked. Uh, he says, is it legit? But Brando is not really feeling that idea. Steve then sees an ad for a stripper and Dylan asks, is it, what? You've never seen a naked woman? Uh, Steve says it's a milestone for a young man. He said he went to two bachelor parties just this year and they're all world. And Dylan says, okay, Rob Lowe. Uh, Steve <laughs> then sniffs the ad for Brandy in the newspaper. And Brandon says, it sounds like an Irish setter, Brandy. Uh, and Steve decides to give a call to hire Brandy. Um, for the evening. So they found their activity. We go over to Donna's house. The girls are doing nails. They're chatting. David arrives and says the housekeeper let him in. He has a gift of a lifetime. It tells him, color me bad, or staying at our favorite hotel, Tim, the Balage. And they can Great. go hang out and try to see them. Kelly's iffy on this plan. And Brenda's like, well, what else do we got to do? It's raining anyway. What are you going to go do? Pick out wedding dresses with your mom? Kelly backs off, says she wants to change. Donna says, Kelly doesn't even like the band. And Kelly says, well, at least I don't need my permission to hang out on the strip. And Donna says, I don't care what she said. David's got the in. We're going. It is pouring. They're outside the hotel with a ton of other people. Kelly guesses they all have this big in as well. A limo pulls up, and everyone starts freaking out. David starts a mad rush. Just jumps the line and runs to the limo. <laughs> everyone follows. They mob whoever gets out of it. It's hard to tell if it was a band or just other members of the group, but they all get out of the limo. Uh, a doorman stops our friends. They say we have to be registered guests. David kind of backs them down. Kelly says they're being humiliated. Donna wants to give up hope, but David goes in and hops to action. Roger. So what do you got uh, over this uh, last few scenes? Any thoughts?
2: Yeah. So I wrote down, yeah, I think we went through this on the last show. I'm not a big fan of Brandon. And um, I wrote down Brandon, Brandon, the pussy for, for, for how, how he acted in the, you know, with the, you could see it coming from a mile away and then kind of what happens later, you definitely see coming from a mile away, but right away, Brandon's kind of throwing cold water on it. The other guys are trying to have fun, and it's just really in line with who who he is as a person.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is his house and his parents. I mean, it's like, it's just a Saturday afternoon. I, I get a little bit of the hesitancy, no?
1: He shits on Vegas, he shits on the dancer. He just, yeah, oh, the Vegas I don't, don't have so any funny. fun, but I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, don't, I don't. I don't know yeah.
2: who would do like crazy stuff like that at their parents' yeah. house. I, I got you. Yeah, you I know. got you. Yeah, I you know. Right.
1: Well, I, I kind of like how this is reminding me the way it's it's set up. Uh, kind of like a, kind of like a, a season one episode where you've got the guys and the girls, right? That's yeah. A plot B plot divide. Although this time around, now that get David as part of the gang. He's he's not so much one of the guys yet, but he is sort of one of the girls. Like he yeah, he's been well. well, since
0: he's been with Donna, he's definitely been uh, like, usually hanging out with the, with the chicks more than the
2: guys, which this is, is a, like a real strong boy. David episode, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think he Um, I mean, they utilize him. Well, I don't I don't think he would stand out nearly as much if he was just stuck with the guys. Right. Um, But there is a, a plot purpose behind him. Being with the girls, and that's he thinks he has this in, and he uh, starts a, a near riot outside the Bellage, um, taking down the barricade and almost trampling the rent a cop, <laughs> which was pretty fun. Well, um, his
0: relationship with Donna early has been much better than I remembered. Like
1: mm-hmm. it, it later,
0: it all becomes about his one track mind, right? And then that leads yes. obviously to their issues. Yes. But here, it's like a very simple relationship they're in where they are generally super caring for each other which is cool like it's he really just wants to please her with this you
1: know yeah he's trying to be the good boyfriend like trying to make a really special day for her because interestingly enough she's the character who gets the cool cred of, Mm -hmm. of being the one who's into this band you know like we said the line about knowing them before they were famous and i don't know it's like this is continuing that gradual escalation of donna as a character And um, we'll see. That turns out pretty well when all is said and done at the end of this episode, but not to get ahead of ourselves. But uh, yeah, I sort of like the division here between um, the, the two camps of characters.
0: Yes. All right, we're back to Casa Walsh. Steve is prepping the living room so there's space for Brandy. Dylan gives him some shit. Steve said, Why are you still hanging around? And Dylan's like, Well, you know, I am a human male, so I'm not going to leave. Brando has second thoughts. He's doing this in his parents' house. It's too late because the doorbell rings, and it's Andrea. She's here with a lot of newspaper ideas. And Steve wonders if maybe Andrea's moonlighting his brandy. And Dylan uh, nope, that one pretty quick. Uh, Andrea takes off her rain gear. She's all smiles, excited for an afternoon, a newspaper talk at the Walsh House. Uh, we go back to the hotel. The girls are ready to bail. They think David got arrested, but out comes David. He's got room keys. He booked a room at the Ballage, and they're in. The doorman lets them waltz right through since they're guests now. David explains he went through booking the hotel and says, as long as your plastic is good, they're not going to be looking at the age. They don't care. Uh, They wait for an elevator, and when it opens, they see Felice Martin. She asks Donna what's going on, why are they here? Donna says David got a room, and Felice is all, what? And Donna says, well, what I mean is David and Mel have a room, because their house is being fumigated. Uh, Felice is a little bit shook. She says, of course, the big hotel uh, charity ball meeting is at this very hotel, and they just took a break for lunch. The girls say they're picking up David, but he has to run to the room, and Felice walks away. Donna seems a little curious. She kind of peers down the hall. I'm less curious about why Felice is here, more a little bit nervous that now Felice is going to be up her ass about what's going on. Mm. Uh, we go back to Casa Wall. Steve is trying to call Brandy. No answer, as you referenced earlier, Cowboy. Uh, so <laughs> they give it up hope. She's on her way. Brandon's trying his best to get Andrea to leave. He says, uh, have you ever checked the tar pits? Of course she has. is uh, oblivious. She's laughing at the guys are stressing. This is a classic sitcom uh, story yeah. here. Uh, Brandon says Andre will probably write a four-part article if she finds out about this. Uh, the bell ri- doorbell rings. Andre answers the door. And in comes Brandy. Uh, she says, are we ready to rock and roll? The guys stammer, say Brandy is Cindy's niece. And Andre says, oh, are you from Minnesota? And Brandy, uh, gets, gets she's pretty smart. She kind of picks up on the on the game right away and plays along. The, the, the guys are really trying to wheel their way through this, through sheer force. Uh, Andre asks to take Brandy's coat. And the guy's panic, but of course she has a dress under it. She's not just naked. Uh, Brandon says, Brandy came to work on a genealogy report about their family. And they head into the living room. Uh, We are back at the Bellage hotel room. Kelly's trying on a robe. David says they charge for everything. Brenda says egg rolls are $25. David wants to make a plan. It says the room is their base camp. Don is done. She wants to dip. She's worried Felice is going to find out she lied. Kelly says, basically, well, why don't you just let her kill you and get it over with? Brenda calls the front desk, asks for Brian Abrams, but uh, the front desk clerk says there's no one here with that name, and Brenda believes it. She's like, I guess they're not here. David says, of course, artists always use fake names, and they know the manager is Freddie Kramer, and he's there, and he would not be separate from the band. David calls the desks, asks for the manager's of the room, but of course she can't give the room number, but she does patch him through. Freddie answers, David stammers and hangs up. Kelly then trolls him, but David says Mel does his gum work, Freddie's gum work, uh, so he thought he had a shot. David wants to do some detective work in the lobby, and Kelly and Brenda says they'll be on the lookout for Felice so Donna can participate. Uh, Tim, any, any thoughts to this point before we get to the big stakeout?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the hijinks with the the stripper are, are going to get even more <laughs> wacky from here, but it is a fun little setup. I, I like that she takes the cues from them very well you sort of get the sort of get the sense that maybe this is not the the first time that she's been in a situation like this and she's willing to play along as long as she gets paid it's you know it's all gravy for her um but for andrea this is another like little ninetiesism to me that i that i picked up on like the the concept of just showing up at someone's mm. house right you just you would just pop in on somebody. You don't have to call. You don't have to make plans. It's like, let's just see what so-and-so was up to. And you're just... They might be home. They might not. In Andrea's case, she's she's basically crashing a party. But that's just what you did in the 90s, right? Just show up. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, but uh, it's, and it's one of those... like It, it maybe would if you hadn't lived through it, like people would be like, okay, this is a little convenient. She just all of a sudden shows up here and it's like, no, that kind of shit did happen. Um, but, uh, very bad timing on her part. So we'll see who that goes. Uh, meanwhile, with the, uh, band on the run here, um, like David and, and Kelly are basically tripping all over themselves. I like Kelly sort of, like, she sort of can't be bothered. She's trying mm-hmm. to play it cool. Um, she's like yeah if, if we meet them we meet them if not no big deal like i don't care that much um but david is all about making this happen for donna but um you know donna's now she had out, but she's like a little she, she's a little shook because of you know mom being in the building and she's a little suspicious about that but mainly she just doesn't want to yeah, get she's caught, out right?
0: like as soon as she's or yeah. now that's all she could think about it, it's, that... it's
1: like her balloon burst you know yeah. right she's Like, oh, shit, got to deal with this now. It's like they already ran into her once. What are the odds if they're going to be sticking around for a while? Right. Running all over this hotel. It's going to happen again. You know, so it's like I I totally get where she's coming from. Also, it's not like the cover story they gave her was, oh, we're just hanging out for a while at the hotel because we don't have anything to do. Like they told her we were on the way out. Right. um, Picking up. David. So, oops, didn't think fast there.
2: Any thoughts, Cowboy? I had a couple. Um, so one thing that stood out, I watched it back a couple of times. I'm pretty sure that Donna and Brandy had the same jacket.
0: <laughs> well, mm. I mean, she is fashionable. <laughs> so it's definitely possible.
2: So I, that that struck me. I didn't know if that, if that was intentional or they just only had the one jacket.
1: Yeah. Mark that down for yeah. 90s fashion, right? Possibly.
2: <laughs> it was like a plasticky kind of red, like raincoat almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Donna was pretty suspicious right away. Mm-hmm. So did you take it as, it sounded like you took it as when she like gave the second look and watched her mom um, after they sort ran the, into her like, in the elevator.
1: wondering like. Why is she here? Like she maybe got had the impression that this conference was somewhere else and is sort of just baffled over the fact that her mom is even there. I See, not that I, she thinks she's up to what she's up to, but just wondering why she's there in the first place. I
2: felt like the wheels were turning a little bit.
1: A mm-hmm. little a little, little
2: bit of foreshadowing there. And that was it. That is what I had for the for those scenes.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Like, if my because my original note that I have is like Donna is like curious why she's here, but then I don't feel like they reference or play it that way at all no. after this going forward. Like they completely just make her paranoid that her mom's going to see them and get mad at them. So I I don't know if it, I gave up on that thought. Like after I saw them, like okay yeah, maybe I you, just misread it. But
1: yeah, um, you almost wonder if it was a rewrite where there was maybe a line later where she was like, I thought you were up to something. I've been, you know, you've been doing this and that for months. And I just put it out of my mind, you know, if if they were trying to go in a direction where Donna was maybe onto her and then decided, nah, forget it. Just dropped it.
0: Yeah. It's definitely wasn't super clear. Um, but I, I had the same first impression as you did. I, I thought for sure at first it was, she was like already kind of picking up a weird vibe um they just don't play it that way or hint it at all until they catch her later so Uh, all right we get a a very 90s montage uh we have a lobby stakeout they're following one of the staff members i thought this is the manager first but then we see the manager later so i guess it's just like a staff guy um they're tracking him around he's on the elevator they see goes up to the penthouse donna wants to ask what their favorite color is and kelly says of course it's bad (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Kelly is like her, at her cervic, uh best all through this episode. She is. Yeah. Very uh, pissy. Uh, David says they have to say something smart about the music so they can get their respect. The elevator to the penthouse is locked so they need a plan B. They go down to the housekeeping level. They're dodging workers trying to get to the penthouse that way. Kelly steals a key from a housekeeping cart. Her and Donna hop in the elevator. Uh, Brendan and David had already kind of took off down another path so now they split up. Donna says they could get arrested. She jumps out of the elevator And says Kelly doesn't even like color me bad. But Kelly says, I do now. And up she goes on her own. Brent and David are running the stairs. The penthouse is locked. And they go down every single floor. Uh, Every door is locked. And they finally find an open door on the bottom level. But they exit out to the loading dock. And now are stuck in the rain and getting (laughs) drenched. We head back inside to Donna. She's walking alone. And hears her mom talking. And Felice says, I'm ready for dessert. She turns around, Donna does, and sees Felice kissing another man, and then he pulls her into the room. Donna says nothing. She runs off in tears to base camp, gets a piece of paper, calls her dad at the conference immediately, but he is not available, and she leaves him a message. And uh, Tim, do you did you think her approach was just like panicking, calling her dad to hear his voice for comfort kind of scenario? Or do you think she was ready to drop the dime immediately without even thinking about it?
1: I think she thought she was ready to drop the dime immediately, but uh, the fact that he, you know, wasn't available, couldn't get to the phone right away, sort of saved her in some sense. Because um, mm. after sitting with it for a while and thinking about how am I going to approach this? She obviously decides not to do that. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like maybe if if dad was available, she might have she might have just unloaded right there and just been a big ball of emotions. Right.
2: Yeah. No, Um, no, maybe about it, Tim. No, maybe about it. If he he answered that phone, she would have told him right then a hundred percent. That's why she was calling. Like it was, she was, she was acting on, I think just solely solely out of anger and emotion. And it's just, it's just worked out well, but he didn't answer. Yeah, yeah I, I would say so, um, especially for
0: Felice, <laughs> uh, more than anyone benefited from from him being at the conference and uh, not picking up the phone. All right. So uh, we're back to Casa Walsh. Steve thinks Brandy likes him, of course, just, uh, yeah. as everyone does at the club. Uh, but they are worried that her and Andrea are bonding. Andrea is impressed that Brandy goes to school. She's raising a five year old. So how do you do it all? Brandy says she does office temp work. She works a lot of parties. And Brandon, of course, comes in and says <laughs> party planning. She's just party planning. Uh, we go back to the Balazs. Kelly's walking through the penthouse level and stumbles into a girl. And she says, she "Says Kelly, whose are you? uh and they both kind of say nobody you know neither of us got to belong to anyone the girl says she's willing to go with any of the band members and just wants to party and uh that's what most bands do and it's worth a try kelly kind of shrugs it off she says she's not a groupie she explains her plan but really has no answer when the girl asks well what are you going to do once you get there Uh, a cop comes they scatter kelly turns around and sees one of the band members struggling with a soda machine kelly lands him a crisp $1 $1 bill, and then when he doesn't say thank you, gives him a very sarcastic, you're welcome. The guy turns around and introduces himself as band member Brian Abrams, and now Kelly's freaking out. In comes the manager. He says, uh, they have a runner for this stuff, Brian. You don't need to go get your own soda. But Brian Brian says, he's okay doing it. He's a man of the people. Brian offers Kelly a pass to the show, and she says, well, I actually have three other friends, and he says, we'll give you as many as you need. And uh, he says, he has three friends as well. And off they go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cowboy. Any thoughts up to this point here? Kelly and Brian meet in the hallway, and Brian's bringing her back to the room. You
2: know, I mean, can, consider, considering, I thought Brian was was of the of the of the color me bad individuals was far and away the best actor. I thought he was pretty good in that scene. In, yeah, um, and I what I what I also thought was I thought it was it, it was um I don't know if the word's ironic, but just you know they they have all these groupies and folks who are falling all over them and i think he was actually attracted to the fact that she was kind of like a jerk to him and like was like yeah. you know didn't didn't um uh, you know didn't think he was big time or anything like that like that she gave it back to him a little bit because that that's immediately when he yeah. um when he when he invited invited her back to meet the band and all that stuff so i i actually thought that scene was very good i thought kelly was very good in that scene um i thought the kelly i thought kelly was good in the scene with the groupie too Mm -hmm. because it was almost Mm. like they were you know she started that scene almost like looking down at the groupie a little bit and then the groupie's like yeah well what are you gonna do once you're in the room and she just like like froze. It's just like, wow, that's a great point basically. So, um o- overall great great stuff. Um the stuff with Donna's mom and then the whole the whole dessert thing, that's that's just tough. That's just tough. Tough for tough, for <laughs> tough timing.
1: It for, is <laughs> tonally it, it is surprising that they would include that subplot in this episode, which is otherwise pretty light and breezy, um, I think
0: that's why they did it the way they did it, honestly.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe. Um, well, you got to figure maybe if, if there are not if there are fans of the band who are just watching this show for the first time, um, haven't been regular viewers, may, maybe use something like that to, to maybe hook some people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like, oh, okay, a little soap op- opera drama here. I can get on board with this. Um, but yeah, I, I echo um, Cowboy sentiments with Kelly uh, basically keeping her cool um, by virtue of just not knowing who this band member is, um, which works out in her favor. Uh, but I, Yo, I I think he absolutely... knew she
0: wasn't just some groupie looking for whatever, right? Because right? she just had right. no clue who the fuck he was. And that was obvious. So <laughs> like, whatever, to Cowboy's man. point, yeah, she was just right, right action at the right time. And he's like, all right, well, here's some girl hanging around that's actually not
1: just here to stalk us, maybe, or whatever. And, and she's not a runner, clearly, which he seemed to assume at first. Um, and pre-
2: pretty calculated by Brian to make himself, like, on, on this episode that zillions of people are watching, look like the coolest mm. guy in the world. Yes. I get my own soda. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm i more interested in just random, down-to-earth women than these yeah. groupies. is yeah. like, just real, like, like could could the, could could he have put himself on more of a pedestal i think not. Mm-hmm.
1: well the uh i, I and, love the the exchange between kelly and the groupie also it's just hysterical <laughs> the way that it starts out a little bit adversarial and then they very quickly kind of bond over this uh this common experience that they're having so um a lot a lot of good stuff from that
0: yeah and you know to cowboy's point a minute ago too about like Kelly doing a good job in these scenes. You know, Tim, I think we've seen throughout the show, we felt her and Luke Perry have kind of been the two best um, actor, like more, I don't want to say I'm trying to think of the word, but uh, veteran actors is coming off that way anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's been a consistent thing with them. Is that the two of them? And, and even honestly, Brian Austin Green, like th- those are the three we've kind of held up as like,
1: yeah, coming off as the most polished, I guess is what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, and, and when they're not like in a lead role, and they can mm-hmm. kind of sit back and just sort of, in, in some ways, kind of be a Greek chorus where they're like they are participating in the events, but they're also like a little bit above it and just sort of commenting. And in this, in this way, you've got Kelly being quite acerbic, which is kind of a fallback trait for her when she's mm-hmm. again not in that that lead leading lady position, which, um. She isn't, you know, there yet. She's had spotlight episodes for sure, but as long as Brenda's still around, Kelly's gonna kind of take a backseat. But I don't know. I think she also makes the most of it. I you and I have been very high on this version of the Kelly character. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. We'll see how long it holds up. Uh mm-hmm. Brenda and David are soaked. Uh, they're in the room arguing. Donna's sitting there, sadly, says Kelly was gonna see the band. And it says like, it's like a throwaway line. Then they're like, what? (laughs) Uh, Donna pushes them to leave, but Brenda says they can't quit now. David says, don't worry. We're going to make it happen. We can't give up. We cut up to the band's locker room. All the members are talking about how they were fans back in the day. And they remember meeting Bon Jovi, um, you know, and Kelly admits, I'm not a fan. Uh, And then she kind of walks that back. She just says she's not a weird groupie fan. But Brian says, well, you did sneak into the hotel. Uh, They talk about how they feel about fans and that some get scary uh, it gets scary when a large crowd rushes at them. You know, they're not complaining, but it is easier to hide in the room. They talk about stardom and uh, say that there's, you know, Kelly even says, like, yeah, I'm sick of malls as well. But I thought this was interesting, too, because, like you talked about a minute ago, cowboy, that um, – you know, it's almost like Brian was using this as a platform, right? To, sh- to show off a bit. This almost felt like a PSA from them about how to behave with cars mm-hmm. oh, uh, and like, hey, you know, almost uh, here's what to do in the scenario, right? Like, don't mob us. You're sc- It's scary, and this and that. So it almost felt like an after-school special for how to how to act around celebrities.
2: Yeah, um, and I mean, it, and I, they did it. Yeah. It was pretty obvious they were doing. I mean, it was. You know, a little ham-handed, frankly. Like it was, it was very obvious why they were saying what they were saying. Like <laughs> the well, they have to read between well, the lines too much. It, and it almost doesn't even just apply to them. It's
1: almost like yeah, yeah. the
0: cast of not two and O saying the same because their <laughs> popularity was that. crazy yeah. too. Yeah, they
1: some of those mall signings, right? I mm-hmm. feel like by this point in the show's uh popularity, maybe maybe not so much in season one, but towards the end of season 1 and all throughout season 2 where this the show is now a certified hit anywhere these guys show up i i want to say i saw something the other day just on like instagram about how uh Brian Austin Green and Tori Spelling had hosted like the kids choice awards in 1992 like you know on nickelodeon of all things which it's it's kind of crazy that they'd be getting behind a show like this um which is not always the most young kid appropriate but so I think it, at this was...
0: point it still kind of is like at least Yeah, that was just the
1: culture at the time, right. right? This was like kind of a multi-generational hit and uh you figure there's there's a big big fan scene um that is really uh still growing and I mm-hmm. think probably into that third season it's it's probably going to hit its peak but I agree. These yeah. cast members have been through a few a few run-ins like that themselves, I'm sure.
0: And I think where the show is well known later and and popular, um, to me, yeah, season two and three is likely the peak as far as like them being megastars to teenagers. Like like that to me is where this really starts to peak for them. So
2: it, the show gets like as you get into the later seasons, gets a little darker too, and not not it gets, yeah, it be becomes more like, adult as much so toward yeah, kids. Agreed. And Brandon, yeah, right Brandon's, a... and Brandon's always there To make sure nothing really untoward mm-hmm. Happens in, um... right. Keep things clean <laughs> <laughs> Alright uh, So
0: anyway Back uh, back here We are back in David's room Donna says Kelly probably left And she just wants to go uh, David says not to worry They're not going to run into Felice And Donna says if this is for her If this is for me why can't I say it's over the phone rings and it's her dad and Donna says she only called to say hi because it's clear she doesn't want to talk about it now in front of the others. She kind of plays it off. Donna hangs up. She starts crying. And Brenda finally is like, what is wrong? And Donna tells them about what she saw with Felice. Back to Casa Walsh. Brandy's talking about her, her experience in the Peace Corps, how she met her husband, George, who's now working on a novel about the Zen of surfing. So she's supporting him as well. Dylan gets excited about a surfing book. Uh, Andrea <laughs> says, well, it's time to leave. Just randomly out of the blue. Uh, but she wants Brandy's number so they can hang again and talk some more. She really enjoyed it. Uh, Brandy uh, says, do you want to rock and roll now after she leaves? And of course fires up some call me bad. I want to sex <laughs> you up. Uh, she starts to dance as she's undressing. Dylan and Brandon now feel awkward. Steve is growling at her. Brandon stops the music naturally and says he can't do it. They know her too well and they see her as a friend now. Brandy says it doesn't bother me and Steve wants to get get back going. He doesn't care about it either and Brandy says he just feels bad. Dylan agrees and they basically they tell Steve to pay her um, and call it a day. So Steve gives in. He he agrees deep down. I think he was trying to fight it, but um, they've now gotten to know Brandy a little too much and uh, know she has a kid and everything else going on. So uh, they feel a little funny having her stripped down. So, uh, as they pay and um she starts to head out she's going to leave and of course the door opens and cindy and jim are back uh and i thought this was one of the funniest moments of the episode i thought this was really well done yes. uh brandy goes hey i'm cindy's cousin and i gotta go um it was really really good <laughs>
1: That's too cindy.
0: yes oh, it was fantastic it was really good timing the timing was perfectly <laughs> delivered um Jim and Cindy kind of give a look to each other. Steve takes off quickly. He's like, I'm out. Dylan's like, I'm out. Uh, Brandon says, oh, that's Steve's cousin's Cindy's cousin, which is, I thought, a decent cover uh, yeah. as well. And Cindy says, wouldn't Steve's cousin's cousin be Steve's cousin? Uh, Jim says, who knows, with these California families, a lot of divorce and everything else. Uh, Brandon walks away, and Jim and Cindy start to sing some of the shaker music, apparently. <laughs> uh, all right, let's pause here because this is I feel like I want to give the scene its due. Um, I would say, Tim, we've we've watched a lot of that To It Out to this point. I, I think this is one of the funnier scenes we've seen. Um,
1: it is. I want to look yeah. up
0: who played Brandy because I, she seemed like a pretty good and tra- well-trained actress as well. Like Her mm-hmm. delivery and timing throughout the whole episode was really strong. But this scene, the, the comedic timing was really funny. Um, and then the cousins, cousins, cousins stuff was good. So I don't know. I, I found this to be a very enjoyable scene.
1: And then the Walsh is breaking out in song. Yes, of course. <laughs> just what else do you do? Amazing. Got a rainy uh, and of course everyone true to form, right? Steve and Dylan are kind of still, they're still going for it, right? They're like, we don't really care that we got to know you that well. I mean, you're already here. So let's get down to business <laughs> and Brandon. Yeah. Throws the wet blanket on it. And I'm sure um, Roger, this pretty much is just confirming, um, Cowboy your feelings on The Brandon character um, uh, is... no, no
2: no No comment I... <laughs> <laughs> He wasn't you know he, he, He's not wrong here It's just it's more of a kind I of mean, a uh, Just
1: honestly They kind of caught a break because imagine She's in the middle of yes. her you yeah. know, performance oh, with...
2: Definitely I thought of that too And I think that that Like you know so a very right. very if, if Brandon wasn't there This could have turned you know, this pretty pretty rough pretty
1: quickly for them. Although I do kind of want the walls just to walk in on that. That's pretty oh, great dude.
0: I feel uh, I feel sorry that I looked up this poor girl. Uh, so Michelle LaCastro, uh, she was born in 1960, so she would have been like early 30s when this was made. Uh, she was in she did some acting. She had episode of Full House, where so she was in when Harry met Sally. Uh, that's about it prior to this. Uh, Night Rider did an episode. Not not a ton. She was in an episode of Coach later, as Dauber's girlfriend. Uh, episode of Wings. She only did a few things. Um, she passed away in 2010 of breast and brain cancer at 50, which is sad. Oh, no,
2: oh, that stinks.
0: She looks like she did some Broadway, uh, Merlin the musical. So, yeah, not, not a ton. She was a singer and an actress, but uh, she, did well, I mean, she presented well in this episode. Like... I would
1: say, yeah. I mean, it's just she just seems like one of those those character actors you probably saw on shows around this time, um, right. primarily just in television. So you may not have known the name, but just hey, it's so and so. Could have been like a Seinfeld girlfriend, right?
2: Well, when 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 you guys finish nine hundred two and zero, and we do Coach next, okay, <laughs> I'm a, I'm in. We'll, we'll have to remember. Yeah.
1: See where she comes back. I would love to do a coach rewatch series. Wow, that's that's a poll, but okay, oh, I love it. Uh,
0: all right, Brenda and David try to rationalize what's going on. Uh, Brenda says maybe it was just a friendly kiss and we shouldn't jump to conclusions. Donna worries about her life changing. David says maybe her parents have an arrangement and her dad knows. Uh, Donna does not like that one. And David says every kid at West Beverly has the same story. Uh, Brenda's just trying to help. Donna wants to go. Brenda says they'll go with her. We go to the lobby, and Brenda. This this is probably the most we've had a lot of logic leaps in this episode. <laughs> Somehow the front desk clerk is like,
1: "Are you Brenda? <laughs> you have a call. Re- yeah." Like, I don't know how mean? he knew. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, she's just like passing by. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was it was weird. Um, unless he knew her from earlier or something, but um, it's Kelly on the phone. She says she's with the band and has passes for the show. Brenda says they can't go. She explains what happened. Kelly wants to leave, but Brenda's like, do not pass up this opportunity. Go to the concert. We're going to take Donna back. We'll deal with her. And you uh, go enjoy yourself. Um, so I'm going to ask you this, uh, cowboy. Would you have gone to the concert? Yes.
1: Tim? <laughs> um, here's the thing. If I'm Kelly in this situation, I am maybe already feeling a little bit awkward being like this one girl like even that's the the earlier scene that we talked about as sort of the psa about <laughs> don't mob these these celebrities in public like she's sitting there on the couch just surrounded by all of them and they keep it very wholesome i i get that but it just the optics are a little bit weird right and even though she makes it clear you know like i'm not a groupie or anything i'm not looking for anything else it's just i don't know that i'd be all that comfortable if I'm her in that situation by herself, like it's just her and the band. So, yeah, it's it's maybe a little bit of a like I'm a little bit torn in in that situation. Well, your but, take
0: is more about her going alone, but what about yeah, as a friend? Yeah.
1: Like, should she have left
0: to go console Donna? And well, not the thing Donna?
1: is, Brenda does tell her you have to do this for Donna because she'll never. She'll never let you live it down if you don't do this and get every detail. Right. So I don't know. I feel like Kelly knows Donna well enough that like she she knows whether she's really doing it for herself or if, or if it is true that, yeah, Donna would really want me to do this. Yeah. And she's going to. And, and
2: then ultimately it leads to the Peach Pit concert. Right.
0: Right. So, it, well, in retrospect, it's a good decision, but I meant in the moment, are you going? Yeah,
2: in the moment, yeah. And
0: I would say to that, no risk it, no biscuit. Like, if you're not going to, like, if you're going to bail now, you're in the you're in the room, you're in the dressing room, you are uh, friendly with the band, you have passes, which I'm assuming get you backstage, like, you got to go. I think you got to go for it and, mm. and see where things lead, maybe, maybe they escalate in some way. Right. So I think, I think once you're on the inside, you gotta, you gotta run this one through. So I think it was the right move. I, I think I would have won as well. Now and she Donna only had
2: was, Donna wasn't alone either. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. It's like she had a drive. So if alone. it wasn't, oh, it wasn't sure. like, it was like Donna or the concert and Donna's going to be and, by herself. I, mean, I, I think and it was by the, the way, right Like
1: it, Kelly has made it clear. Like she kind of doesn't care either way. Like she sort of <laughs> can't be bothered. Um right. So it's, it's she can take it or leave it as far as like this whole backstage concert deal. Like, yeah, it's cool, but at the end of the day, if my friend needs me, like, it's clearly no object for her to pick up and go.
0: No, I, I agree. I, I mean, right. She could have left, it would have been fine. Um, do you think that it was weird that Brenda didn't really give Donna the option?
1: Maybe a little, I don't know. At, at that point, maybe she just read the room, read Donna, figured, all right, this thing's done, right? Um, let's just call it a wash. Because um, it, it's just, she's in no shape to, she's just not fit to enjoy this this experience right now.
0: Probably, but I think you at least got to ask. You at least got to say, I listen, like, I know, know it, I know it's tough right now. But just so you know, like well, you know, she's well, she's here's what happens. Like, she's with yeah. the band, and we can go.
1: <laughs> Literally, like, you want to go to
0: pick this. me up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like she should have at least offered. What do you think, Cowboy?
2: I'm I'm with you. I think you got to at least offer. Right?
1: Maybe she does. Out. Maybe maybe that's something we just don't see. Like it's yeah. a not privy um, to it. Yeah, it's possible.
0: Because I mean, I, I like it. Like I'd almost be pissed if I were Donna, be having that withheld from me. Like, wait a minute, what? Mm. My favorite band. I could go meet them. Like, yeah, whatever. Please fuck off. You like, know, it's okay. like,
1: hey, here's something that might cheer you up. It's your call. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's... yeah, and again, it's not just a
0: going to the concert. Like, if Kelly just had a ticket, then I'd say, all right, probably should should book it. But to me, like the level of access she's now obtained you can't you can't just walk away from that
1: well and if there's any any time you could get away with something as far as you know the whole mom deal is concerned mm-hmm. and tell her to stick it up her ass <laughs> right. can go to the whiskey <laughs> to see my favorite band <laughs> and tell shit you two time in his bag right
0: that was a time ton- wow. that. that was a time of rebel
1: yeah you know take make it make it an opportunity take advantage yeah I agree. Maybe I'm more calculating than some of these wholesome, <laughs> rich Beverly Hills kids. I don't know.
0: All right. Brenda goes to get the car. David's checking out. Felice shows up. And David says they're just about to leave. And Donna says, go outside. Felice grills her while she's there. And Donna says, how's your meeting? And Felice says, I've been up to my ears and committees and budgets. And says, she asked Donna a question. Why is she here? Donna gets indignant and says, what are you doing here? I saw you in room 622. Felice tries to mangle her way out of this, but Donna says, I saw you laughing and kissing. Felice says, this isn't the time or the place. And Donna loudly asks, are you having an affair? Felice says, Donna can't speak to this uh, her this way and then looks down ashamed and Donna walks off. So the jig is up. Felice went through, uh, went through a few different uh, play calls to try and get out of this, but it was obvious uh, things, time was up for her. And she caves at the end after trying to, to spin it onto Donna. Donna Donna didn't back down. And we've seen this a few times from her. We saw it in the sex education That's episode right. and now again here where she's not afraid when it comes to push and shove. Um, stand up to Felice. So we're at Casa Walsh. Jim and Cindy are doing a puzzle. Donna and Brenda show up. Cindy says Felice called and Donna's acting aggravated. And they just straight up tell Jim and Cindy, like, this seems like a questionable decision. Uh, but they were like, you got to find out anyway, but not necessarily. Like, I don't think we needed to tell the rest of the family about this. Uh, Donna says she thought she had a family and Brandon tries to talk her down. Cindy tries to help as well, but Donna wants answers. She wants to know the next steps. She wants things to be the way it used to be. I want to be like the Walsh's. You never change. And Jim says, we do. We do change. Felice shows up and says she's been expecting Donna uh, for hours, and she was worried. And, she, of course, she's playing it off. And this the actress who plays Felice Martin. Um,
1: Catherine Cannon. Catherine, Catherine Cannon. Is, uh, she's tremendous.
0: One thing she's always been fantastic at in the history of the show, and we already saw it in her previous episode, is putting on that fake... Full-on fake appearance for everybody else. Like she, she switched, You know, flips that switch as easy as it comes. Like just walks in and you know acts like mom of the year. And I've been waiting for you, Donna. Where were you? And we'll see this in years to come. Like this isn't the end of it. Uh, but this actress is is fantastic, Tim. At this,
1: yeah. Well, it, I was just, I was literally just thinking if the sex education episode with you know the condoms and the the little committee meeting in the Walsh house where Felice sort of made her debut, proper debut. Um, if if that was Donna's like coming out episode as a character where she really got something, something to chew on, right. Yeah. As, you know, Tori Spelling and an actress herself. Um, that was maybe like her first really strong performance in the show. This is like just establishing um, hey, Donna now is a character like any other and is going to get some focused storylines in this yes. series. And notice how pivotal uh, Felice has been, mm-hmm. you know, in, in both of these, like back to back. It really goes to show what this character and maybe what the performer, again, Catherine Cannon, has brought out of Tori Spelling and, you know, by extension, Donna as a more valuable addition to this show. She's not just this background player. Um, She's, again, just a character like any other. And we've seen her climbing in our rankings, right, JT? She was in her own little world for a while, and it seems like she's been gaining steam, catching up with some of her peers. And uh, this is just continuing that. And wouldn't you know, it's another uh, strong performance opposite uh, Felice here. But poor Doctor Martin, right? Who uh, <laughs> yeah. is uh, getting basically getting run around on by by his wife without having even appeared on the show yet. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised at that. I sort of thought he would have. We would have seen him by now, but so far is like still an unseen character, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not missing something. We we still no, we haven't seen him, and I'm not sure in when person, Doctor Martin. Yeah. Um but he'll, he'll be coming up anyway. But uh, yeah, these, these two ladies um, seem to bring out the best, the worst and the best in each other. Roger, would you, um would you like to have a fling with uh, Felice Martin?
2: <laughs> no, no comment.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I good. did like, they, they
2: talked about, I forget who said it, but it was said maybe your mom and dad have an arrangement nearly everyone, was, that, yeah. Yeah, nearly yeah. everyone at West Beverly has yeah. the same story um so like like I don't know if that was said to you know to to make it like maybe maybe like you said I feel bad for dr. Martin well at this point do do we, do we know we should feel bad for dr. Martin?
1: Right sure yeah, it's like I think
2: that's what David's I mean, alluding to there. And then um uh, i I do think um Donna's mom is, is is a good actress, and I think that's probably purposeful to match her with with Tori Spelling, who you know, probably isn't winning an academy award and any anytime right. soon, i I think that she helps he does she does help elevate Tori Spelling. Um, but I thought this whole this whole scene was good, and it leads to. One of my favorite scenes. So whenever when Justin talks about it, I'll give you my thoughts.
0: All right. Uh, So Felice wants to leave. Donna says she'll ask dad herself what's going on. And Felice tries to explain that marriages are difficult. Donna calls her a hypocrite. She went on and on about abstinence during the condom debates. and says she can't (laughs) even go to a concert because it's too seedy. But look at you. Felice tells her to quiet down. And Donna says you only care more about appearances than how anyone feels. And she's not going to hide her anger for appearance. Felice says she won't talk to her until she calms down. So Donna tells her to leave then and go have fun with your boyfriend. She calls her Felice instead of mom and walks back to the kitchen. Brenda hugs Donna. Cindy comes out and says, well, you know, and talks to Felice. Felice goes, well, you know, mother-daughter tension. And Cindy says, you know, Donna can stay here until things calm down. She'll give you a call as needed. Cindy hugs Donna and says, "Uh, you know, your mom loves you no matter what. And whatever she does in her own life has no, you know, nothing to do with you. And Donna says, well, she should prove it. Keep my family together. And Cindy says, it's very hard keeping a marriage balanced. And for the first time, opens up about her dalliance with the photographer back at oh season one. Uh, so another good call back here. And Cindy yeah. Cindy always knows the right thing to say. So she lets Donna know, like, not just Felice. Like, this stuff, you know, comes and goes. Uh, Brandon is uh, processing the affair with Brenda. Jim comes in. And the, the, the delivery on this line uh, by James Eckhouse. It's just fantastic. He comes in, he's, he's got like his uh, shirt on button. Tough news about Donna. <laughs> like, like she blew out her ACL. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we just talked about it, Jim. Like, you know, he comes in like he just heard it on the street or whatever. Ah, tough news about Donna. Um, they talk more about what changes. Uh, can happen. And Jim says, you know, they can help Donna just keep a world simple. They could be there for her. Brandon says they feel weird that Jim and City are still together. And Jim says, well, maybe we are squares after all. Jim says uh, to Brandon, hey, by the way, Steve's cousin left her business card. Uh, Brandon kind of looks at him and Jim says, Remind me in two years to tell you about my bachelor party. So uh, we get cool dad Jim again, like back in the basketball yeah. episode here. Once once old Brando to hear his war stories when he's 18, of course. Uh, Felice comes home and she finds Donna sitting in the dark in the living room. Explains, you know, kind of how, how what happened earlier is her worst nightmare. Donna's faith has been destroyed. She asked her to grow up way too fast now. And Donna says she has been growing up. And catching Felice isn't what made her an adult. It just hurt her. Felice apologizes, so she's going to tell John about what happened because it's not fair to ask Donna to keep secrets. And whatever happens has nothing to do with their love for her. Donna says, you need to work things out. Uh, And Felice kind of gives the look like she'll give it a shot. Uh, The doorbell rings it's David, who says it's lousy timing uh, and asks her to come to the Peach Pit with him and Brenda to get dessert. Uh, He came to rescue Donna. Donna just wants to stay alone, but Felice nudges her to leave. And her and and Donna kind of end on good terms. Donna, thanks, David. Donna says she didn't know what it was like to have problems. Um, So there you go. She kind of referenced that last episode, too. Remember, Tim? with the She wished she had a problem to go meet with a psychiatrist or a therapist. Um, So before we get to the the ultimate scene here, um, any final thoughts up to this point? And a a question for you. Um, Because what happens is played as a surprise. Did Kelly send David and Brenda to get Donna and say I have something you got to get to the pit, or was it just a, that Kelly just rolled the dice that they were going to be there, um, that that David was going to get her there? Because they don't, David doesn't play it off like it's a plan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just seems like Kelly just shows up and has a surprise. But what if he didn't go get her to go to the peach pit? So I didn't really follow that point.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was probably a setup because yeah because obviously we don't get that scene. Otherwise, um, Kelly looks like a fool just showing up at the peach pit by herself, I guess, in this band. Um, but also like, why would, why would David kind of awkwardly show up at, you know, Donna's house while there's this, clearly this very heavy conversation going on between Donna and her mother, like he, I don't know, like he, he knows he's going to be walking into something. So right. unless he has a reason to like try to get her out of the house, I think he just. Uh, that could be a phone call, right? Like he could call her and be like, hey, I just want to check on you, see how you're doing. Um, You know, did you talk to your mom, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think he would just show up and be like, oh, want to go to the Peach Pit? I know you just had like the worst day of your life. Right. Right. You know, so
0: he obviously knows something something's up then. It's just what to what level of detail has um Kelly smartened them up, right? Does she just mm-hmm. say, Hey, you gotta be get yeah. her there, I got a yeah. surprise, or do you think they
2: knew? I think they yeah, knew.
1: I must say it's a setup, yeah. So I think, think he they, knew David
2: David knew. Yes.
1: Okay.
2: Like Tim said, I mean, She's going through, like, the worst <laughs> like the worst moment of her life. <laughs> so yeah. to go and, like, make her go to the Peach Pit, he had to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's get into it. We're at the Peach Pit. Brandon
0: serves up some food to Donna, David, and Brenda. Donna just gets a monster ice cream sundae. Kelly shows up, and Donna wants to hear all about the show. And Kelly says it was okay, but I was worried about you the whole time. Says, you know what, though? I want to cheer you out. I met some nice guys that wanted to know where to find the best burgers. So they're waiting outside. Kelly goes and comes back, of course, with Color Me Bad. She introduces them all. Uh, She takes a shit on David, which was funny, of course. Uh, Donna's freaking out. And Kelly says, you want some food? you got to sing for your burgers. Brandon says that's standard procedure. Uh, They then proceed to sing the song that we started the episode with, I Adore up more, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they do it a cappella, of course. Donna cuddles up with David, and I would say um, it's obviously an iconic—not uh, a Toronto scene, Tim—but to this point, is it the most iconic scene we've seen uh, to this point in the show?
1: Um, it's it's tough. I, I think if you put yourself in your 1992 shoes watching the show, you know, as it aired, it's, you could, you could probably make that, that argument. Like that's, you can make a good case for that. Definitely. Looking back, it's, it's a little tough because I think people forget or just flat out don't know how huge Color Me Bad was at this point in 1992. Cause they're not, they're not like one hit wonders, but I feel like they fizzled out very quickly. Well, right? Most acts at that time kind of did like that type. Of yeah, act. well, true. That's that's not unique to them. But certainly. but in your um, mind, like we've been watching
0: everything together. So like in, yeah. in your mind, to this point, from what we've watched, like, as is this like, yeah, the most iconic, iconic we've it. seen, the most memorable, well-known scene that we've seen?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it may not be. I think I take it. I think I take it back to some of the probably some of the the Emily stuff, right? Yeah. Um, even though my my memory of that was a little bit different than the reality, I I still think that is like what I think of when I think of especially early years of this show. Uh, I mean, especially like Brandon wearing her jacket outside the mm-hmm. club where they're both high as shit. Like that's. That's making the most iconic to me.
2: I'm going to go with uh, either this or Mr. Souter telling the girls to call me Chris. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go.
0: <laughs> wow. This one's a little more wholesome. A little bit. All right, cowboy. You said this is like your favorite scene, so tell us about it.
2: It was this scene, so it was um. So I do, I, I do like the scene. So the the first thing about this scene, and I think we all watched it the same way. Um. So the way we watched this, it had Spanish subtitles. Mm-hmm. But when the color me bad guy was talking Spanish, there were no subtitles, and I thought it was great. <laughs> um. And so that was good. And then what I what you know what I what really struck me. Was the wholesomeness of the Walshes, like yes. where where Cindy, to comfort Donna, who she just she just caught her mom like sleeping with another person, saw them kiss. Cindy's to comfort her has this big big admission, but the big admission is like eh, I almost did something, but I didn't. I almost <laughs> right, almost <had laughs> that, <yeah. laughs> and then. <laughs> And then Jim with the in two years remind me to tell you about my bachelor party, like like it's the most risque thing in the world. I just thought that scene, I thought I thought that scene was awesome, especially especially um, Cindy with Donna. Like is that like how if I were Donna, that wouldn't comfort me. It would be like, well, I wish my mom would have done what you what you right, did. Right right, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that's just going be hard, but you know, only some of us are equipped to to not philander, <laughs> essentially. And your mom's <laughs> not that person. Um, but then in the uh, in, in the peach pit, I thought I thought the the scene with color me bad was well done, Brandon. For all his faults, plays it real cool in that scene. Like he, he, he oh, was yeah. completely unfazed and kind of gave the standard operating procedure. You're gonna have sing for your burger, right? And um, I, th- I, I thought, I thought it was good. I thought the guys from Color Me Bad all, all, all did well. And then they were know, the great same, as they, guest actors.
0: They, I mean, they they were really, really good through the whole episode. And they took it in stride. They bought in. They weren't like too cool for school, right? I mean, they kind of played along with it and. Um, leaned in and had a fun time, so that that definitely stood out. Uh, you know, you you hyped up that scene, and that includes the, the wonderful uh, uh, tough news about Donna as well. So that that only amps that up. Um, the
1: delivery by Jim. I tell you what, Jim must have had a great day with these shakers because he he's is in just a good taking movie. all of he's yeah. taking all of this in stride. Well,
2: it's really a like a powerhouse episode they, for for Jim and Cindy because they're barely in it, but you have the whole the 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 shaker thing was funny. The whole interaction with Brandy was funny. And then at the end with the, you know, the, the, the comforting about the, about the cheating and big, big big talking about the bachelor party. It was always great. Yeah, it was
0: good. It was good. The Steve's cousin's cousin. I mean, everything hit, uh, there is a a wonderful piece of art. I I recommend, uh, checking out as well of the scene. it's on, uh, Etsy. I'm trying to. Message is being a pain in the ass. I'm trying to get the Etsy store here for you, um because I want to recommend it. It's um. Here we go. Pulling it up right now. So it's uh by easel goes pop. So if you search it, it's a wonderful hand drawn uh canvas of this of this scene right here, right down to Brandon sitting coolly in the corner of the booth. Um, the only thing that they call that, and I don't remember from the scene, was Steve at the table. He's in the picture. I don't remember him being uh, in the scene though.
2: Because hmm. it looks like they have,
0: they have they have Donna, David, Kelly, Brenda, Steve at the
2: at the table. Yeah, I'm gonna trust it? the I'm gonna trust the artist on this yeah, one. <laughs> right. right. I mean Steve or, would or be the most forgettable yeah. person in that group for this specific scene. So
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because there's no Dylan.
0: Right? Out of
1: frame or something. No, Dylan's
0: definitely not there. He, he's definitely not there.
2: Well, that's what um, I'm saying. So why would they yeah. why would they just insert Steve? Right, right.
1: So
0: anyway, it's a great uh if you like this episode and see it, I recommend that, that piece of art.
1: Um, well honestly, if, if this if this scene, if if the closing moments of this episode making it onto Etsy, that, that might be the argument right there that seals the go. most most iconic of, of the series so far. Um, but yeah i mean it's it's gotta be in your your top five top three like it's it's a big one
0: all right, so why don't we uh, get to our awards here as we wrap things up uh best scene i i mean it's what we just talked about to me even though I like the other scenes like to me the most iconic scene of this uh is Call Me Bad singing to Donna that's what you remember from the episode it's the closing scene, and I, I like it too because it's like it feels like a real calm before the storm type of scene as well. Like she's just happy in that moment. She's cuddled up with David. Everything's going well. And it just feels like one of those ones that's like just setting you up for some chaos to come soon.
1: Yeah. I, I'll back you up on that. And as he said, the band is really game for it because mm-hmm. they're smart enough to realize, Hey, if uh, we do this thing and it comes off, well, it's like a, almost like a promo package for us yeah. Just as a band it's you know, free publicity
0: yeah
1: uh-huh popular show let's let's um make a good make a good appearance here and um make it memorable
2: clean clean sweep here i mean i think it it, it has to be just for the right. cultural significance it has to be the best scene um i think the best kind of the best acted scene i thought was um donna confronting her mother this is a little soap yes. opera but i thought i thought it was very well done
0: both, both times, um, both at the hotel and at the Walsh house, she was really good. Yeah, yes. Um, even, even at home as well, which I liked when, like, the line about I didn't grow up because of this. Like, it shows again that, um, Felice is just out to lunch, like, completely in the dark, right, about how Donna feels. Like, like, I'm sorry to make you grow up, and she's like, you know, you're obviously not paying attention. I'm already grown up. It's not because of you. I grew up on my own. Um, so like, I thought that was a good line too. Like that Donna uh, picked up on. So they've definitely written her well. I mean. You know, I'd, I'd say she's definitely the character I've been the most surprised with uh, early on, that she, she was way, in season two at least, has been been much more entertaining than, than I expected out of the gate. Um Most important scene, I, I went with uh, Donna catching Felice. I mean, that's really the only scene that, that means anything going forward here.
1: I would agree with that. And it just is going to foretell more turmoil to come in the um the martin family household dynamics mm-hmm.
2: yep i actually i had the exact same scene so yeah, yeah clean clean, clean sweep as far as as far as seriousness and stuff that's going to last beyond this episode i think it's um but clearly the most important yeah i mean really nothing else stands out um all right uh,
0: most 90s look i just i want to color me bad <laughs> just everything they're wearing i mean yeah
2: iconic 90s gear um i had david's sweater in the um at the in the first the the beginning if you look at the sweater it's it, it, it was very very 90s i didn't take a photo yeah. of it so don't ask me to describe it but that's what that's what i chose
1: well and if we're Keeping it within the cast, there's Brenda kind of decked out in all black. Looked very stylish throughout this episode.
0: And, of course, the red uh, raincoat.
1: <laughs> yes, the reused raincoat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, most 90s moment. So, I mean, Call Me Bad music video, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, searching the, new, the newspaper for activities. And then uh, the one you mentioned earlier, Cowboy, is a good one, too. Of course, calling for tickets on the radio. Although that's still a thing they do actually. So um it hasn't completely gone past that,
1: but so it's not like... something everyone does. It's more of No, yes, yeah, I are... but, but like when Taylor Swift
0: was here, like they were doing it. Like I don't know, oh, that, yeah. no, so it's still definitely a thing.
2: Um any other nineties uh moments? Nope, you, you hit them. I had color me bad and dialing for tickets, even though they still do it for taylor swift i also i put cordless home phone as another Mm -hmm. 90s thing (laughs) i'm sure those still exist somewhere too
1: maybe the shakers and their furniture we don't know
0: (laughs) we'll never know we'll have to do some research if anyone out there is a big shakers fan let us know um all right best lesson learned don't befriend the stripper before she strips
1: okay yeah valuable lesson there so I had I kind of tried to keep it simple. Um your parents are people too. Um it's it's one of those like Felice is an asshole, like she she definitely really sucks like as a person, but mm-hmm. she is here um sort of to get that message across, right? And right. that's one that especially when you're in early to late high school, you you start to realize your parents aren't just your parents like on a pedestal. They there are people that have their problems just like anybody else, you know? Heavily like Absolutely. In this case,
2: <laughs> I had they always register under aliases. It's a great, great, great lesson for anyone okay. looking to, yeah. to stalk someone famous.
0: <laughs> yes, there you mm-hmm. go. Just try to have to guess the alias, though. That's a tricky part. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, best hookup. I went with Andre and Brandy. I thought I thought they really <laughs> meshed well. They have a good uh, rapport. Good vibe.
1: I mean, I I went with Felice and her boy toy. Uh, yeah, damn, that was. It wasn't
0: even hot. It was just like a. Well, well awesome.
1: I, I I put th- best hookup. Donna's
2: mom saying now it's time for dessert.
1: Look, you don't know what's you don't know what's going on. Go, I mean, we didn't, we
2: didn't have much in this episode for that
1: category, yeah. Yeah. so it was, uh, there was, if was if way you're more. Leave it,
2: if Andrea, in and
1: my imagination, I'm gonna go places.
2: Once brand once Brandon stepped in and put an end to any fun in the house, it was it was just Donna's mom's hook up nothing. Andrea and Brandy had way more
0: <laughs> sexual chemistry than police in that that dude. 100. Uh, um, all right, uh, quotes had a couple the wouldn't steve's cousin's cousin be steve's cousin was funny and then uh, of course the uh, line of the episode for me tough news about donna uh
1: by big jim you love the jim oh my god it was so good um i i had a few that you mentioned the one as they are calling uh the stripper brandon says brandy that sounds like an irish setter uh and steve says let's hope not (laughs) um And when she arrives here, another one from Brandon, what do I say? As he goes to answer the door, Dylan tells him, I hear hello is popular. (laughs) Uh, And then just the the whole exchange between Kelly and the groupie, some of the highlights, um, Mm -hmm. the groupie just looks at her, looks her up and down and goes, so whose are you? (laughs) And uh, Kelly, in the course of this conversation says, I don't get it. What do you want from them? And the groupie just says, you know, to party, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Just the, that's the way that she comes across. Is like, all right, such a cartoon character.
2: Yeah,
0: almost famous. This is not.
2: I went. I went for, for best quote. I went with also a Brandon quote. She's going to do her thing right here, where my mom aerobicizes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> gonna do her thing. Uh, all right look to me it's a no-brainer this is a pure 10 out of 10 episode there's uh a major storyline development an iconic uh debut or or cameo um some really funny lines just uh, it hits up up and down the board
2: yeah this is a this is a top i mean from what i remember right i have not done the full rewatch with you guys but this is like a top five episode in the history of the show for me through so definitely a 10 and, you know, honored, honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you for choosing me for this one.
1: All right. Well, you know what? We'll make it a clean sweep. 10 out of 10 for me. Nice. It's it's just really hard to find fault with this one. I don't, I don't know why you would just sort of pure joy throughout. Mm-hmm. Um I won't say there's not a ton in terms of character development or, or one sort of ongoing storyline that, that's, kind of starts here is the Felice infidelity stuff, which in the grand scheme of things is not huge for this show, but it's also not nothing. So we get we do get some signature drama in here as well. Um, So it kind of hits on all all points for me.
0: All right. Um so let's get to our trackers. I mean I think we know most of the songs that aired in this episode is the three color bad (laughs) songs that we talked about. Uh, for new characters, we had Color Me Bad, all the band members. We had uh, Freddie Kramer, the manager. Uh, we had the Groupie, and then we had Brandy. I don't, I don't think I missed anyone. Anyone else pop up that didn't capture?
2: Was it? Um, yeah, I don't think Felice's the, boyfriend got a name. Yeah, they that's the it. only one I, I was thinking it. as well. Okay, well, we'll mark him down. He had enough of a presence.
0: <laughs> um, relationships: we had Felice and the boyfriend, Andrea and Brandy, and then Kelly and Color Me Bad was a, was a nice relationship mm-hmm. as well. Okay.
1: Kelly and the groupie.
0: Oh yeah. Kelly and the groupie. That <laughs> uh, I don't think we had any new places. Right. Cause we've been at the Belage Uh, before That's most
1: time we've spent at the Belage is sort of, which is another fun thing about this episode. Right. Where I always think the Belage is a fun setting for some of these types of episodes and it's put to good use here. Yeah. I, I like that a lot too, but no, not the first we've seen of it.
0: All right. Let's get to our character rankings here. Um, did Nat, was he in this episode at all?
1: I don't remember seeing
2: him.
0: He, he didn't have a line to... if,
1: if he was.
2: Definitely didn't talk. I don't know if he was walking around the peach well, he's not or getting anything. But... You
0: got to at least have a line for points. So, yeah. Um. all right. So here's who we have that did not have any lines or appearances. So they get zero. Uh, Henry Thomas, obviously. Iris, Scott, Emily, Mrs. Teasley. Uh, Mel Silver, Nat and Jackie. I think everyone else we have is in here. Um, I've gone ahead and plugged in Donna in the top spot. I think
1: that's that's a given. Yes. Um David too? i kind of leaning Kelly. Because she starts out not doing a whole lot other than providing some quips and then kind of steps, steps up towards the back half.
0: What do you think, Cowboy? But
1: Competitive with David certainly, and this is who like who like wins the episode.
0: Well, yeah. So this is the, we're gonna rank them all. So if we had Donna was the best character of the episode, who's I had David plugged in a second, but do you think David or Kelly was better?
2: Do do we count Donna's mom? Because I thought she oh was, yeah yeah she, we're, she we're gonna she do she the whole list yeah we'll count her we're gonna do it so, so all right so. we
0: don't have to we can have her too you want her too. All uh, right, so let's work the other way. I thought number 2 would be easy. All right, it's worked okay. the other way. So who's the worst of anyone who had an appearance? Who's last? Uh, the Steve or I guess it's Andrea, Steve or Dylan probably is last.
2: I mean, Dylan was very weak in this in this episode. Yeah. I would put him last. All right. So
0: Dylan and then um, I would say some combo Brandon,
2: Steve and, and Andrea here. Steve, Andrea, Brandon in reverse order. So Brandon was the best out of those three, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Andrea, yeah, I'm I'm you know. good with that. This is a really low finisher, Brandon. Um, yeah. Well he, he earned it. <laughs> That's it. All right. So then I would uh, so who do we got left? We got Jim and Cindy, we got Felice, David, Brenda, and Kelly. So we need to Brent, I Brenda Brenda's
2: pretty clearly the next. She didn't yeah. do much. Yeah. And then now this is a murderer's row to try yeah. to get through. Jim, Cindy, Felice, Kelly, David. David. It's uh, I don't. Jen. I mean,
0: that's it. That's all. That's who's la- And Don is number one. Yeah. We got that settled.
1: I think in that pack, we go Jim. As good as he was. Um, <laughs> damn. Because um, I do like Cindy over Jim in this one, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, would you have them? Yeah, I guess they're below
1: Felice. Yeah, I guess Jim's next. So, Jim, then Cindy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, then we go David, Kelly, Felice.
2: I think I think you just, I would I say David, Felice, Kelly. You have Kelly, but Felice? I do. Okay. I thought that was a strong episode.
1: She played it cool with Color Me Bad.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But
2: true.
1: She kind of set a lot of things in motion, right? As far yeah. as, again, giving them the benefit of. We think it's a setup at the end, with uh, getting Donna to the Peach Pit to meet the band. And that conversation with the groupie was really fantastic. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Holding court on the couch in the in the suite, it's pretty, pretty amazing.
0: All right. While well, we tabulate the overall scores, uh, Tim, you want to tell us any anything that's going on out in the other stratosphere of our podcast's world?
1: Uh, yeah, well, as, as I often do, I would just urge people to subscribe to this podcast. If you listen to us regularly, or if this is your first time listening, um, welcome. We hope you'll be back. And more importantly, we do hope you will subscribe today if you are not. Uh, helps us a great deal, certainly. And if you want to interact with us, you can just search for 9021-NOSO on Facebook. We do have a, a Facebook group um which sort of has been turning into a more active community here lately mm-hmm. where we've been hanging out uh answering questions and just getting to know some of the listeners having some fun over there um we do have an Instagram as well it is 9021no so 9021no so podcast i don't know why i always want to call it 9021no so show <laughs> on instagram i guess because it rhymes and i want it to rhyme but no 90210 so podcast um if you're not a a facebook person you can uh get on the instagram find some fun screen caps and interact with us that way as well um but yeah and you can find me on twitter or x whatever you want to call it i am at psych six eight c y k e six eight uh and get in touch as again many listeners do from time to time you can dm me or just tweet at me whatever you want and i'll get back to you um i have a lot of interest in this show being one of them but um just love meeting new people talking to uh whoever's out there and enjoying what we do jt how's it looking on your end
0: we're almost there, cowboy, then you want to uh, plug? Oh, you got a couple of shows out there?
2: I do I, I I have two. I have a um this week in the NFL, which is exactly what it sounds like. my myself and um my dad and and John D'Amato uh, take a look uh, look at the week this week in the NFL <laughs> and also talking docs with Jennifer and Logan. um, we had a new talk docs drop today. so please please listen to those.
1: We enjoy doing them for you. And those are on the North-South Connection podcast. That is where we started before we spun off. But a lot of great content over there. A lot of pop culture related uh, shows that uh, you can listen to the cowboy on. And I've been enjoying that uh, Talking Docs, the latest uh, cowboy where you are my octopus teacher.
2: (laughs) Tim, you should. Uh, you're hired as the hype man after that one, right there. Add added context, pump me up a little bit.
1: Could couldn't have gone yeah. better. Anytime. I hope people <laughs> will check out the show now.
0: Oof, all right, it was a lot of math, but we're here. Um, so here we go. So this episode, uh, as we mentioned, it's Henry, Iris, Scott, Emily, Mrs. Teasley, Mill, Matt, Jackie, with zeros. Then we have Dylan, Steve, Andrea, Brandon, Brenda, Jim. Cindy, David, Felice, Kelly, and Donna. Here's our season two rankings as uh, we're coming down the home stretch. We'll see how we finish. Uh, Mrs. Teasley with six points. Iris McKay at 16. Felice Martin up to 30 now. uh, Scott Scanlon forever buried at 38. Henry Thomas at 47 Mel Silver at 60 Jackie Taylor at 62 Emily Valentine at 94 Nat Basuccio 129 Cindy Walsh 249 David Silver 263 Donna Martin has passed him with 264 now Mm. Andrea Zuckerman at 266 Jim Walsh 271 Steve Sanders 274 Kelly Taylor's up to 288 then we jump up to our top three Dylan McKay at 331 Brenda Walsh 353 Brandon Walsh 366 And our all-time character rankings, Uh, Mrs. Teasley at 6, Iris at 16, Felice at 30, Henry at 47, Mel at 60, Jackie at 75, Emily at 94, Scott shot his way to 102 permanently, Nat at 179, Donna at 345, she's gaining on David at 389 for a long time, like you mentioned in her own world, but she has slowly made progress uh andre is at 409 cindy 416 jim at 429 kelly at 457 steve at 465 dylan at 490 uh, brenda 100 ahead of her boyfriend at 596 and then brandon still pacing the way he's broken the 600 point mark he's at 607 so that's our all-time character rankings i want to thank everyone for listening this is a, a big episode for us to get to we're excited to have made it this far especially want to thank the cowboy for joining us Tim will be back in three weeks. We only get two episodes left here in season two, which is wild to think about. Mm. Um, but we're almost done, and we'll be on to season three before you know it. So a lot of big things happening. I want to thank everyone for listening. A little dim sum, a little den sum, and we'll talk to you soon. You
2: want to take a place You say you treat
1: me I better, better I know for sure You see she loves me. I could never leave her. Never, yeah. baby.